Hello, and welcome to the Cybersecurity Awesomeness Podcast, hosted by Enterprise Management Associates, an industry-leading IT analyst research firm that provides deep insights across the full spectrum of IT and data management technologies. The Cybersecurity Awesomeness Podcast will take a deep dive into the security topics that are top of mind for information security practitioners, IT professionals, and technology business leaders. Join security experts Chris Steffen, VP of Research at EMA, and Ken Buckler, Research Analyst at EMA, for some truly awesome topics. Chris and Ken, take it away. Well, hello. Good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening. Welcome to the Cyber Security Awesomeness Podcast. I am Chris Steffen. I will be your host today. I am joined by my friend and colleague, Ken Buckler. Today, we will be talking about cyber threat intelligence. You're probably at RSA right now or listening to this while we are at RSA right now. And everybody else is talking about it. We thought we would talk about it too. We had just done some research on threat intel. And there's obviously some really, really interesting things to talk about. Never mind the fact that you walk around here on the expo floor and there's 7 billion other people that are all talking about how threat hunting and threat intel is going to be part of their overall security strategy. So I didn't want you know our listeners to be left out. I certainly wanted to talk about it because it is top of mind for me. I know that a number of the people that we've talked to is top of mind for them. And I think it's worth taking in and having 10, 12 minutes of a conversation here. So uh, again, Ken led the research that we just did on cyber threat. And Ken, why don't you talk to me a little bit about some of the findings that you had from the research? Sure. So one of the, the first things I want to say is, is that the threat intelligence is absolutely on everyone's radar. In fact, when you look at the different session topics here at RSA conference, the most common topic is analytics, intelligence, and response, which of course, threat intelligence is going to be part of that. You know, I really found some very interesting stuff when it comes to threat intelligence. Now we're talking enterprises with 500 more employees, 94% of those enterprises have a dedicated threat intelligence team, that their entire job is to focus on threat intelligence. So let's I've, stop there I, for a second. That's fascinating. Yeah, let's stop there for a second. So, you know, you, you go back in the way back machine, and that just wasn't the case. Uh, I mean, I've been, I've been doing cybersecurity and related stuff for a long time. And yes, I mean, I've always been at least somewhat aware of the need to understand what's going on from a cyber threat perspective and I don't even know if the term had been really coined at the time as to what we were doing, but you know, we've always paid attention to it. But the idea that in our research that we found that organizations are literally taking and dedicating that kind of resources to it, that's fascinating to me. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, something to really think about with that too is the volume of data that's coming through now. Because let's say 10 years ago, 15 years ago, you simply didn't have this much data coming through for threat intelligence. You would get, you know, a, a threat bulletin or something like that. And the one guy in your security slash IT team would process that bulletin, add the indicators to your snort uh, signatures, and you're done for the day. Now you've got a constant stream of data coming in. And it's actually to the point that same uh, size organizations, but the organizations that don't have a dedicated CTI team, 75% of them spend up to 25% of their time processing and responding to CTI data when they don't have a dedicated team. 
that's a huge chunk of their day. Yeah. You know, in this day and age, when we're talking about, you know, the lack of, of security resources and so on and so forth, the fact that we have people, really smart people, dedicating that kind of portion of their day to something that quite bluntly, I feel should be automated. And I know we'll talk about that here in a minute, but I, that's crazy to me. I understand the value. I also understand how much of that information is either red herrings, false positives, or just noise. And so I know that we covered some of those things in the report. Let's talk about some of that a little bit. So, so noise was actually the, the most common challenge that organizations saw. Um, in fact, uh, 30% of organizations said their primary challenge with CTI was useless noise. Other, you know, issues they had was, you know, like integrating the, the intelligence or, or being able to properly leverage it. But the, the fact that 30% of them had that challenge where it's noise, that's, that's very, very concerning. But at the same time, and I also I, question how yeah, much well, of that is noise. Well, and I do too, right? And that's the reason that I bring it up. I, I mean, it's noise in so much as that maybe you're not dealing with it, but at the same time, you're going to come back later and find out you should have been dealing with it to begin with. Right. That, that's my question, right? Right. How much of the noise is actually noise compared to how much of it is something that you either don't have the bandwidth or don't have the capabilities to be able to effectively address? Right. And, and so... We, we did some comparisons, and the least popular strategy for dealing with that noise was unfiltered. Uh, only 12% of organizations we, we talked with uh, did not filter out any noise whatsoever. What's interesting, though, is that that 12% that didn't filter out the noise, they saw the best decrease in successful attacks after implementing that strategy, 87% of them saw a decrease in attacks. The the ones that were filtering or summarizing the threat intelligence data saw a lot lower return on their investment when it came to threat intelligence. Well, my, my question to that then too is when, when you see that kind of disparity between filtered, unfiltered, is it the tools that they're using? Is it literally a matter of we accidentally picked the right thing to be focusing on. I mean, <laughs> I, I mean, I, I hate to say that luck has a, a part in it, but you know, it does. I mean, that's just the reality of how it goes. Right. I, I'm not going to depend on luck as part of my cybersecurity strategy. I want to take and have tools that are automatically taking and doing the correct filtering. I don't want to depend on having to worry about these kind of things. I, I'm investing in this process. I'm investing in tools. I expect them to do what I need them to do. Right. Well, and and then also the challenge also becomes where are you going to get your data from in the first place? You know, and there's a lot of different data sources out there. Most popular is open source and commercial feeds. The open source feeds are going to have a little more data, but it's not going to be necessarily as higher quality data as what the commercial feeds are going to have. Well, talk, At the same talk time, a little bit about the social media stuff too, because I know that that well, came out as part of it as well. Yeah, so so social media was very underutilized as far as a very small number of organizations rely on it for threat intelligence. And and with good reason because there's no quality control on the data whatsoever even though you can get it out in a timely manner. So it, that's really an interesting trade-off that you have to deal with is you're going to get data slower pace 
but it's going to be higher quality if you go with the commercial or the open source feeds, or you're going to get lower quality data if you, but at a faster rate if you go with social media. Yeah, I mean, so, I think it's, it's, I it's think it's as simple. Yeah, it's as simple as you get what you pay for. I mean, I, right. I don't know how else to say it any more bluntly than that. And 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 you and I both know that there are plenty of literally world class uh, cyber threat feeds that are out there that we have. Yeah talked with that we have acknowledged and played with and whatever have you. And, you know, I, I can't recommend those in, in, enough when it comes to those feeds. They do a lot of the parsing and uh, organization for you. And then you end up with a product that doesn't make your head want to spend every time that you turn or, or that you get new new information or a new threat is released. And then every time that there's a new threat released, then there's going to be, you either get it from a data feed or you can potentially get it from a sharing partnership or a, a resource center such as an ISOC, which is going to be industry-focused threat intelligence. Now, what's really interesting, we saw that 72% of organizations believe that they need to do more CTI sharing through mutual partnerships. But at the same time, only 18% of organizations were leveraging ISOCs to get threat intelligence that are relevant to their industry. Now, the ones that did leverage the ISOCs, though, they saw 95% of them saw a decrease in successful attacks. ISOCs were actually the most effective data source out of all the potential data sources but it's the the least utilized. So it's it's really interesting how there's that disparity there between what people think is going to work and what's actually working. Do you think that that's something that's going to end up fixing itself in the long run? And, and let me go on that a little bit. One of my goals, and we've talked about this on a couple other podcasts, is that we all play nicely with each other, right? The whole idea of cybersecurity being something that you're doing by yourself and you, you just can't do it. It doesn't matter what size your organization right. is, taking and having friends that will help you on, on some kind of either professional or personal relationship basis is really the way that cybersecurity has to work. And so the, then the question yep. really is, it, it doesn't make more sense to be taking and utilizing some of these public sources. Does it make sense to be utilizing sources that are, are specific to your vertical and your industry? And how do you get to do some of that sharing and play nicely with each other to help others take and combat some of these bigger cybersecurity threats. Well, so the, this is where I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and, and take us all the way back to where we started out talking about was was the RSA conference. Um, one of the great things about conferences like the RSA conference is it presents a fantastic networking opportunity to meet with others in the industry and set up those kind of relationships and be able to eventually set up those kind of sharing partnerships where you can actually share with other professionals, even if they don't even work in the same industry, they're still going to have information that's related. Great example, um, you know, several years back, I was uh, going through some threat intelligence for a client that I was working for. And at, when I was going through that threat intelligence, I actually got alerted to email addresses being compromised that were associated with a local municipal government that I was familiar with that I live near. So I sent the list of emails to a good friend of mine who actually runs the IT department at that municipal government and said, hey, I just got this threat intel, thought you should know. I, I mean, that kind of relationship right there is going to be infinitely more valuable than just sitting on social media and watching for new alerts or even watching just the, the open source stuff because 
that is going to be very targeted, very specific, and very relevant to your organization. So that yep. kind of networking is critical to building a better threat intelligence program. Yep, I couldn't agree with you more. And and the reality is, is when you're taking and spending time at the RSA conference, if you're not spending a bulk of your time taking and talking with people and networking, you are quite frankly doing it incorrectly. Um, I hope that you are going to the RSA conference. I hope that you enjoy it, but make certain that you are spending time building up those networks, understanding what resources are out there available. And again, just shaking hands and saying, hi, I know it's not easy and that everybody's extroverted. I do hope that you do take the time to get out there, smell the roses, talk with people, figure out what the industry is going on and get some of those resources, those arrows in the quiver, as they say. And make your cybersecurity program at your organization just that much better because of it. And, and especially make sure to, if you see the guy with the beard or the guy with the fedora, please stop and say hi to him. And uh, we'll be happy to chat with you about uh, cybersecurity and, and some of the research that we've talked about today. You got it. So again, I think that's all we have time for today. I hope that you're enjoying the RSA conference and uh, we will do a recap of what we are seeing here at the RSA conference and talk to you next week. Thanks for everything. Thanks, Chris and Ken, for all your great insights on today's topic. Make your next podcast awesome when you work with EMA security experts, Chris Steffen or Ken Buckler. Educate your prospects, differentiate your solution, and add the credibility of a third-party expert to your message. Visit cybersecurityawesomeness.com to listen to past episodes.